Welcome to Park Valley Church's Sermon of the Week. It doesn't matter if you have been a Christ follower for years or new to the Christian faith, you have come to the right place. Listen in as one of our campus pastors shares how to apply biblical truth in a tangible way. As you listen, we pray you have an encounter with Jesus that leads to real and lasting life change. Hey, good morning. Thank you guys for being here. And I want to I take just a second to thank you all for being such a generous church. You know, we uh, 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 have done the, the, the gifts for kids uh, the past few weeks, and we've talked about that here. And, and I just want to read a scripture to you that, that uh, I think is really important for, for a time like this. And it's uh, um, Psalm 112. It says, light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous, you know? People that are, that are walking in the light, people that are a light in a dark place are characterized by generosity. And so you guys are no exception to that. So I really appreciate uh, all that you've done to, to make that, that possible and across all of our campuses, people donating money. Remember Barry said uh, last week or the week before, said that we needed $65,000 to cover the cost of Christmas gifts for all these kids in need in our community and our schools throughout the area. And we went above and beyond that as a church. So I'm here to tell you, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it really is. But I'm here to, here to tell you today, stop, because <laughs> we've got all that we need. So, so Barry wanted us to know, hey, we have met our goal. We have superseded our goal. So that's awesome. And we've met the needs of hundreds of kids in our, in our area, and including about a dozen kids from this school from Gainesville High School. So that's just awesome that we can be a blessing to them. So thank you all for being such a generous church. Uh, We really do appreciate it. And we are talking about being a light, and we can be a light uh, by being generous that way. But I want to talk this morning about the light that Jesus described as the brightest light. Okay? He told us this, this was the brightest light uh, in a dark world. And, and uh, so we're going to talk about that today. So we're going to go to John chapter 17, verse 1. And, uh, um, and, and it says this, it says, it starts, it says, after saying all these things. So we're going to stop right there. We're going through the whole chapter and we've got five words in and we're stopping. So we might be here a while, but and I'm just kidding. But, but so, so he said, after saying all these things. So what things? What is he talking about? Well, if you go back to a few chapters, you see that Jesus has had some of the most memorable conversations with his disciples that, that he had ever had. You know, the ones that, that we remember, the ones that we think about, you know, when we, talk, when we think about Jesus talking to his disciples. So all the way back in uh, chapter 13, he, that's when he tells the disciples, hey, the time has come that I have to return to my glory. I, I'm going back to the Father. I'm going back to heaven. And then he says in chapter 14, he says, now I'm going there, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. Barry talked about this last week. I'm going now, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And uh, Then in verse uh, 6 of chapter 14, he says that I am the only way that anyone can get there. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Verse 15, Jesus promises that even though he's leaving, he's going to send the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. You know, he promised the disciples that then. Then in uh, chapter 15, verse 1, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And what he was saying when he said that, he goes, he said, I'm going to bear lots of fruit on this earth, but I'm going to do it through you. I'm the vine, you're the branch. You know, the, the, bran- the fruit doesn't grow off the vine. The, the fruit grows off the branch. He said, so you're the branch. The fruit is going to grow from you. So you've got work to do. I'm going to use you in a great way to, to reach people. Um, then in uh, 15, 18, he said, now, when you're doing this, the world's going to stand against you. They're going to, they're going to hate you, and they're even going to persecute you, and, and some of you are going to die as a result of your 
uh, doing this mission that I'm leaving you with. Then in verse 16, he says, but even though all that's going to happen, even though they're going to hate you, they're going to persecute you, the Holy Spirit that I'm sending will sustain you through that time. All right? And then finally, uh, in uh, verse 19 of 16, he says, although I'm, I'm leaving and going back to heaven, we will see each other again. He leaves him with that promise. So after having said all of those things over a period of time, he stops and he prays. Okay? It says, uh, after having said all these things, Jesus looked up into heaven and said, and now I can identify with Jesus in this moment. You know, he's about to leave the, the, the men that he's closest to. He's about to leave them with a mission that is dangerous. And, I, and, it, and it made me think as I was reading through this, it made me think of my son Jacob, who is in the army. Jacob is stationed right now in uh, uh, Alaska. He's part of the 11th Airborne and stationed in Anchorage, Alaska. But uh, when, he, when he went into the army, he literally went out of high school right into the army. He graduated on May 31st, and he was on a bus to basic training on June 7th. I mean, our heads were spinning. It happened so fast. And so we were there. We saw him off, and he finished basic training. Then he went to artillery school. Then he went to jump school, learned how to jump out of perfectly good airplanes in a 30-year-old parachute. That scared me a lot, you know. But, uh, you know, went to jump school. Then he finally, finally was stationed at Fort Bragg uh, with the 82nd Airborne. And we thought, you know, he's going to be there for a while, and then eventually he'll get, you know, some, some assignment or something. Uh, he was there weeks, and he got orders that he was going to Iraq. And it was January. He hadn't even been in the Army a full year. And my son that, you know, you know months before that was shooting squirrels with a BB gun in the backyard, now is going to be firing a cannon at terrorists. You know, so that was, that was a frightening thing for a father. And so I remember the day, the day that he left. We got to go down there and be with him. We rented a house on base, and uh, the whole family went down, and we sat in the house the night before he left, and, and we did what, what you know, any, anyone would do. We sat and we prayed for our son. We prayed for his safety, prayed for his protection. Then the next day, you know, he had to go to some meetings, and then we met at lunchtime, and he just had time all afternoon to hang out. So we kind of hung out in a, in a uh, food court there on base, and sitting in that food court, we prayed for Jacob prayed for his safety. And then later that night, everybody had to meet in this auditorium. They had to sit there waiting for their name to be called. So while we're sitting there, we prayed for Jacob. And then his name got called, and we followed him, him and the other guys out uh, uh, to the bus. And, and while Jacob was staying outside the bus, we prayed for Jacob. Jacob got on the bus. We prayed for Jacob because Jacob had a mission, a dangerous mission that he was given. And at that point where, you know, before I had lots of influence and lots of control over his life, now I got nothing. Somebody else is in charge of my son. So all I could do was pray. So that's not unlike the situation here with Jesus. Jesus was leaving, gave them a mission, and so naturally he's going to pray for his disciples for this mission. So let's look at what he prayed. He said this, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. For you, God, have given him, Jesus, authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one, of, uh, each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. So here's a conversation between God the Father and God the Son talking about how to have eternal life. You know, that, that's a conversation, you know, we, we get to listen to. That's one I would, I would pay close attention to. God the Father and God the Son talking about how to have eternal life. And they said it's very simple. You, you believe in God, the one true God, and his son, Jesus. It makes it very simple. Uh, Romans uh, says, you know, uh, if you believe, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. You can have eternal life with that belief, you know? So, so 
So God the Father and God the Son are talking about this, and that's the mission that, God, that Jesus was leaving them with, that they would stay on this earth with the power of the Holy Spirit and tell people, you can have life, you can have eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's the mission God gave them, okay? So let's continue looking at what Jesus prayed. Ver, uh, chapter 17, verse 9 says, my prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me. This is a very specific prayer for specific people. He wasn't praying for, wasn't praying for the whole world. He was praying for, for specific people. And he says, because they belong to you, all who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me so, they bring, so that they can bring me glory. Now I am departing from the world, they are staying in this world, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. Uh, excuse me, I'm coming to you, Holy Father, you have given me your name, now protect them by the power of your name so they will be united just as we are. During, during my time here, I protected them. Uh, by the power of the name you gave me, I guarded them so that not one was lost except the one headed for destruction. That was Judas, as the scripture foretold. So the first thing Jesus prayed for was their protection. Just like, you know, I constantly prayed for Jacob's protection every day, prayed that Jacob would be protected, and God did protect him. But uh, um, Jesus was praying for the disciples' protection. He wanted them to be protected, but, but he wasn't necessarily praying for their physical protection wasn't necessarily praying for their physical protection, okay? Because we know he's already told them, you're going to be persecuted. Some of you are even going to die for, for, for completing this mission. And, and here's what happened to him. Uh, Peter, Peter uh, the disciple Peter, was crucified upside down in Rome by Emperor Nero. Thomas was stabbed with a spear in India. James was beheaded in Palestine. Simon was crucified in Persia. Andrew was crucif- crucified in Greece. Bartholomew was whipped to death in Asia Minor. Matthew was killed by a spear in Ethiopia. The other, uh, the other James was thrown off a wall and clubbed to death. Jude was crucified in Persia. John was boiled in oil. Then, then uh, he was uh, committed to exile on the Isle of, island of Patmos. He uh, died there. And then Matthias was stoned to death and beheaded. You know? And you notice they were all over the world when that happened. They, they did what Jesus told them to do. They fulfilled that mission. They took the gospel all over the world, and they paid the price for it, you know? So Jesus wasn't praying for their physical protection. So if, if he wasn't praying for that, what was he praying for? So let's look in verse 15. He said, I'm not asking you to take them out of this world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Specifically, I want you to keep them safe from Satan. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make, uh, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is the truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. Okay? I'm giving them a mission. I'm sending them into battle. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. So Jesus said, I'm, I'm not asking you to take them out of harm's way. I'm just asking you to protect them from, from the evil one. I'm asking you to protect them from Satan. Protect them from the father of lies with your truth. You know, that's what he was asking them to do. You know, and as, as Christians, you know, we, we're really good at talking ourselves out of doing the right thing. You know, we see something, we know we probably ought to do this, but we're good at talking ourselves out of it. You know, I remember when we were in Florida, we still lived in Florida, my son uh, Colton was about six or seven years old, and we were driving down Indian Town Road, the main street there in Jupiter, Florida, and, and uh, we pass uh, a man that was walking, who by the way he was dressed, you could tell he was not from this country, he was from another country, and so we drive by, the, by this guy, and then Colton yells, Dad, stop! And I hit the brakes, man, I thought we were about to run over something, or I, you know, I didn't know what was going on, I'm like, buddy, what happened, what happened, what happened? And he goes, Dad, 
we got to go tell that man about Jesus. I know, <laughs> you know, but what did I do? You know, I'm a pastor, good father. You know, I did, I did what, a, what a pastor would do, and I started making excuses. I said, well, you know, doesn't work that way. You know, you don't, just, you don't just pull your car off the road and walk up to a stranger and tell them they're going to die and go to hell. And, you know, so immediately I started talking myself out of doing something that I probably should have done if for no other reason than to show my son this is what it means to be a bold witness for Jesus. You know, that's what I should have done. But I started talking myself out of it. And when I started talking myself out of it, what I was doing was believing Satan's lies. That's not how it's done. You don't just walk up to a stranger like that. It's not polite to tell somebody that they're dying and going to hell. It's kind of not, but there are other ways to get to that. But, you know, you know, I started talking myself out of it. And when I started talking myself out of it, I started believing the lies that Satan was telling me. You know, and so that's what Jesus was praying when he said, protect them from the evil one. Protect them from the father of lies. Instead, teach them truth. He was saying, keep them unified. He said, he was praying that they would be united in the truth so that they would uh, be able to withstand the lies of Satan, so that they wouldn't be discouraged, they wouldn't be weary in well-doing, and that they would accomplish the mission at any cost. You know, they needed that protection from Satan. And I have no idea where I am in my notes right now. <laughs> you start telling these stories and, you know, you just forget what the notes say. All right, John 17, 20. So, so this is where it gets really interesting in, in verse 20 because he's saying all these things to his disciples, but I love this part of his prayer. He's talking to the Father and he says this. He says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their teaching. He wasn't just praying for the guys that were with him now. When he was praying, God, God, protect them from the evil one so that they can accomplish their mission. He wasn't just praying for the disciples. He was praying for everyone that would follow their teaching. He's praying for us. He's praying for Park Valley Church in Gainesville, that we would be unified so that we could continue this mission and share the love of Christ, that we could be a light in this world. That's what he was praying. So when he was praying in John 17, he was praying for you. He's praying for everybody in this room that we would be a light uh, in a dark world. And, uh, and, and so, he, so he, didn't just throw, he didn't just throw that out there, you know, in that prayer and then kind of leave us hanging. You know, he, he, he tells us later, he said, we all have the same mission. It's all our job to, to be a light in a dark place. That's all of our jobs. And, and uh, um, when Jesus prayed, uh, Jesus prayed that, that we would possess the one thing that the world would see in us and set us apart from everyone else. He prayed that we would have the one thing the world would see and set us apart from everything else. Look at what he prayed, John 17, 21. I pray that they will, they will all be one. Okay, remember he's praying for us now. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one, I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world would know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Okay? He, he was praying that we would have such unity that the world would see that in us, that that would set us apart from everything else, that the church would experience such unity that, that the world would look at us and say, I want that. 
Okay? And look what he says. He said two things, two things the world sees when a church experiences unity. He says unity in the church shows the world uh, that we follow Jesus. When there's unity in the church, people look at us and go, they're followers of Jesus. Okay? The second thing, unity in the church tells the world that God loves us as much as he loves his own son. That's amazing. You know, you think about, they're, they're one. They are one and the same. They are God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God loves us as much as he loves his own son. That's incredible. In a world that is starved for real love, what, what better way to demonstrate that than experiencing unity in the church? And so unity in the church is the brightest light in a dark world. Unity in the church is the brightest light in a dark world. You know, when Jesus left, he didn't leave us on our own. He didn't say, figure this out by yourself. He told us, you need to get together. You need to be unified. You need to be, and he called it the church, the called out. Okay? And that's plan A, and there's no plan B. The church is God's plan to be a dark, uh, to be a light in a dark place. And that's our job. That's the mission he's left with us. He commissioned the disciples, and they, they carried that out to their deaths, and then they've left that job to us, that we're, we're a light in a dark place. And so the question now is, if we're supposed to be a light in a dark place, what does that look like? What does that look like? Well, it starts with this. First, you know, unity in the church starts with a commitment to being obedient to God's Word. Starts there. You know, we all, you know if we're all going to be on the same page, we got the manual, you know, we, we have to make Bible reading a daily habit. That has to be part of it. We're going to experience church, church unity. We have to make Bible reading a, a, a daily habit. And I said this, I think, two weeks ago when I, when I preached. I think it was point one in that sermon, too. And it could be point one in every sermon that any pastor preaches because it's that important. We have, to, we have to be in the Word every day. If we're, going to, if we're going to see unity in this church, then we have to be in the Word every day. And we're, we're, we want to help you do that. You know, we're going to give you opportunities to do that. Uh, last week, you got the, uh, the book that says Light on the Outside, and it, and it directed you to a, a reading that, that uh, we're doing as a church, or doing some of the Christmas passages. You can do that. If you go to Growth Track, which is our, our introduction to Park Valley Church, if you go to Growth Track, there are two reading plans that you get as a result uh, 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 being in growth track, there's a 30-day and 100-day reading program. We have free Bibles in the lobby. If you uh, don't have, have your own Bible, there's free ones in the lobby. Just, you know, we, we want it to be part of your life. We, it's that important that you're in the Word every day, so we're going to make it easy for you, all right? And so if that's new to you, all those things are available, you know, and there's, I mean, all of us are without excuse. If you don't have a Bible, you got a phone, and the Bible's on your phone somewhere. You know, we'll take a Google search to find it in 30 seconds or less. So all of us need to be in the Word every day, whether it's just a few verses or whether it's, you know, you spend a lot of time dissecting and studying the Word. God's going to use that, you know, but the point is that we're in the Word every day. Um, John 1, 1 John 1, 7 says, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So if we're in the light, if we're walking in obedience, walking in the light of Christ, which is only possible through studying the word of God, look what it says. It says, uh, then we have fellowship one with another. Then we, have, then we have that common bond. Then we have unity. If we're all in the Word and we're all being obedient, we'll, we're going to experience unity, all right? So, so that's important. You've got to be in the Word. Next, if you want to experience unity in the church, get behind a common purpose. 
Get behind a common purpose, all right? Uh, Philippians 2, 1 and 2 says this, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from His love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy. Make Paul truly happy by agreeing, agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving each other, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Okay? And that purpose, we define that purpose at Park Valley Church as persuading people through love to follow Jesus. And that's what we're inviting you to do. Help us persuade people through love to follow Jesus. Now, there's, there, there's dozens of ways to do church. You know, there are dozens, there's, and, they're, and they're all right. You know, the Bible doesn't give a lot of specifics on here's how you do church. Here's what you should be doing every Sunday morning. Kind of leaves that up to us. All right? And there's a million ways to describe what you're doing. But here's the thing. You can only do one at a time. You know? So we're asking you to do it this way. Persuade people through love to follow Jesus. Be part of this team that is a light in this community by persuading people through love to follow Christ. So that's what we're asking. That, that's the, uh, the common purpose we want you to get behind. And then finally, be humble. The next verse in Philippians 2 says, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Okay? James 1 says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. I don't want to be the guy that God resists. I want to be the guy that gets grace. So I want to be humble. You know? And when you're a humble, you're a servant. When you're humble, you're thinking of others better than yourself. You know, and that's what we need to be doing as, as believers. We need to be humble. We need to walk in here and say, I'm going to be a part of this. I'm going to get behind this purpose, and I'm, and I'm going to come in with no agenda. I'm not going to come in trying to do my own thing here. I'm going to get behind this purpose, and we're going to reach this community for Jesus. And that's what we're asking you to do, is to join us in persuading people through love to follow Jesus. And, and the Christmas season is the perfect time to do that. Because this time of year, people are more open to just attending church than any other time during the year. You know, we talk about, you know, the CEOs, Christmas and Easter only. You know, those people exist. And, uh, and so, so those people that only go at Christmas, here's a great place for them to go. We got plenty of room, you know. So invite those people. Like, like the video at the beginning said, take the time to invite them. Make personal invitations. Okay? Use the social media. Invite people to be part of this, this ministry on Christmas Eve. All right? That's a great place to start. And they will hear the gospel. They're going to hear that, that, that Jesus died for them so that they don't have to go to hell in a polite way. Okay? So, so join us by doing that this time of year. This is an awesome time. You know, and, and you know, if you're humble, you're a servant. You know? So step up and serve with us on Christmas Eve. There's, there's opportunities to do that. We need, we need people. If, if we're going to fill this auditorium, that means we need a huge team of people that are going to, to serve them when they get here, serve the coffee and the refreshments and make sure they know where to sit and where to park, all of that. We need servants to be able to do that. So I'm going to challenge you today to step up and plan to serve with us on Christmas Eve. There's a QR code uh, on the Connect table on your way out. You can uh, zap that with your phone. It'll take you right to the page where you can sign up. So join us in doing that. You know, and we do all of this because of that conversation that God and Jesus had at the beginning of that prayer where he said, this is the way to have eternal life, that they believe that there was a one true God and that he sent his son to die on the cross. That's why we're doing that. And if you're here today and your first step in being a part of this uh, effort to reach this community, your first step is to give your heart to Christ. Today's a great day to do that.
You know, because you might be here and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. You're just here checking things out. You've never heard that, that you know, all this about Jesus dying on the cross and that he's the only way. You know, that, that, that might be new to you. You know, so if that's the truth, then today's the day that you need to make that decision to follow Christ. You know, and it's very simple. I said a few minutes ago, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. You know, and, it, and, and he did that. He died on the cross because there's nothing we can do on our own. There's nothing that we can do to earn that kind of love, to earn a place in heaven. You know, we're, we're, we're all sinners, and Jesus paid the price and died on the cross so that we can have eternal life. And so, so if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ, I'm just going to ask everybody, head, bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you're here today, and you've never accepted Christ, it's very simple. He made it, he made it easy, you know. And, and so you can, you can pray in your heart and in your spirit and ask Christ to be your Savior, to confess your sin. You know, and you can say this however you want to in your own words, or you can repeat, after, uh, repeat this prayer after me and just say, Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Because on my own, I can never earn your love. I can never earn salvation. I can never earn a place in heaven. So thank you for sending Jesus who died on the cross, was buried, and rose again on the third day so that I can have eternal life. So today I confess my sin to you and I ask your forgiveness for all my sin, past, present, and future. And I ask you to be my Savior. But still with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed that, would you, would you lift your hand please and just let me know that you prayed that so I can pray for you? Okay, I see a few hands here and there. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for your love for us. God, you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross. God, I I watched my son go into battle and it broke my heart. I can't imagine sending your own son knowing that he was going to die for other people. God, that's what you did. You sent Jesus to pay that price so that we can have eternal life. And so, Lord, I pray for those that are here today that just pray to receive Christ. They have entered into this this amazing relationship with you. And, and Father, I just pray that you would bless them. I pray that they would would, uh, uh, have an understanding of your word and an understanding of your love for them. I pray that they would meet people that would encourage them and help them to grow to be more like Christ every day. And so, Lord, we are, are thankful for, for your love for us and for these that have accepted Christ. Still with head bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and, you're gonna, and you want to say, John, I, I want to step up and I want to I be a light in this community. I want to help Park Valley Church persuade people through love to follow Jesus. I want to pray for you today. So if you would just lift your hand all over this auditorium, if, you, if you're making that commitment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be part of this team to persuade people through love to follow Jesus. Father, thank you for these that have raised their hands. Lord, I, I thank you for this church, Lord. So many amazing people have stepped up to be a part of it and to help. God, I thank you for each one of them. Lord, we, this, none of this could be possible without them. So, Lord, these that have, have raised their hand to make that commitment to you, Lord, I pray that you would bless them. Lord, give them wisdom to know uh, what their next step is in serving you and to being that light. Lord, give them opportunities to be that light. Uh, and I pray that they would recognize that as an opportunity to share the love of Christ with people that need it. So, God, we, just, we love you. Lord, I'm so grateful for this church. And, and, Lord, I just pray that you would bless everyone in here. Lord, put somebody in our path this week that needs Christ's love and give us the courage to share it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. If you accepted Christ, want to accept Christ, or just want to see what Park Valley Church is about, you can email us at info at parkvalleychurch.com. 
Have a great week and we'll see you next time.